I don't remember Fuck. what the words you're not allowed to say are, but that's probably one of them, Manners. Thanks. All right. Uh, Aaron, that's at one minute, 11 seconds. Just write that down. What? <laughs> I'd get out your uh, pencil and paper. Yeah, I wasn't ready to make notes. <laughs> oh, well. All right. I've made a note. <laughs> <laughs> so is this what the uh, Bottle Fusion cast is now? Note taking yep. like it tips on how to take notes yeah. avoiding swearing did everyone have that as a class avoiding swearing <laughs> <laughs> no the uh like how to take good notes class yes i don't think i remember ever brady you were in my class so what? yes <laughs> yeah i remember you were in my class brady because you were one of the rambunctious kids in that class <laughs> so that's why i didn't get anything from it right <laughs> yes <laughs> Welcome to the Bottle Fuchsia cast. <laughs> you can find all our streams at mixer.com slash bottled fuchsia when we do that kind of thing. Uh, videos and archives of said streams at youtube.com slash bottled fuchsia, Facebook and Twitter at bottled fuchsia. And on the Bottle fuchsia cast tonight, we have Kitty. Hey there. Aaron. Hi. Brady. Hey. Manners. Hello. And I am John. Well, let's start with you, Kitty. What have you been up to? So... I don't know exactly what year it was, but I think it was sometime, sometime in the early, late 2000s. Uh, a game called Dante's Inferno came out, and most people I talk to about this have never played the game. They just remember that the company that put it out had, like, fake protesters protesting the unholiness and demonic nature of the <laughs> game as part of trying to drive hype for it. The other thing people remember is that it's basically a Devil May Cry or God of War style ripoff. All of that is true. That said, I'm a fan of the poem. I've read it several times. It's like one of those things that I weirdly go back to when I feel bad. Because um, at least I'm not like standing up to my nose and flaming worms for all eternity. <laughs> like it could be worse. It's a good right. attitude. Yeah, so I heard that there was this video game that was sort of based on the poem. And um, I played it in college when it came out late at night by myself every night after work. And I don't think I've ever met another human that's actually sat down and played it. So Aaron got a copy for the Xbox since we don't have a PS3 anymore. No, we and, still have uh, a PS3. Oh, okay. we, we still we have, have everything. I just I hide them from we'll you. We'll fix it in post. <laughs> <It's fine. laughs> um, so we've been kind of trading off playing through it. And Aaron has not read the poem, nor has he played the game before. So I'll be interested to hear what he has to share on it. But basically, it's fun. It's not an entirely faithful recreation of the poem, but there is a lot of attention to detail in terms of how Dante describes the different circles of hell in the poem and who is there. The game, you know, actually has Dante instead of Dante the poet be a, a character named Dante who is a Templar knight sort of on this journey of atonement through hell that unfolds as, you know, you don't get a lot of backstory about him at the beginning other than that he was involved in the Crusades and the woman he loves is dead. And then as the he goes through the circles, you kind of see how he has committed each of the major cardinal sins. So uh, there's a lot of screaming and people on fire and you know, blood and guts, and uh, occasionally, 
Well, I'm actually, I was going to make a joke about the final boss, but we will wait for another podcast because I actually don't want to spoil that for Aaron because I want to see and hear Aaron's genuine reaction to the design of the final boss. Hmm. But uh, this is not a game for kids. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> so I don't mean to blow your mind, but I did play that. Yay! <laughs> and it might have just been <clears throat> for uh, like gamer points. Oh, for <laughs> but okay. I enjoyed it. Chivos. Yeah, I probably got it for like 10 bucks used and like tore through it, turned it in. It does have a lot of achievements. Yeah. And then if you play through the game, you can unlock a two-player campaign, but you keep all the skills you learned the first time around, so you can kind of just blow through it. But I've never had anyone to do the two-player campaign with before, so yeah, we'll I'm, probably attempt that next. Yeah, I'm really interested to see how that Plus, turns out. Yeah, the other character that you unlock that, again, I won't spoil for Aaron, has different powers and works differently from Dante so I was really hoping I could just be virtual <laughs> yeah it's not virtual <laughs> and instead of attacks like every button I hit he just says some weird quote from the poem yeah <laughs> yeah and like the when all the game over screens are quotes from the poem most of what Virgil says is direct quoting from the poem mm-hmm. so it's fun for me because I am like a history and art history person that as we're going through the game I'm explaining to Aaron like okay, so this this reason that this wall looks like this is because of this thing in the poem, and here's what's changed, and here's what hasn't. I like it. Yeah, they, they put a lot of detail into that game, like, directly from the poem, at yeah. least as far as you've been telling me. Like, is everything it, you describe, like, it's, it, it's manifested in the game somehow. Yeah, and, like, is it a great game? Is it in my top ten games that I've ever played? Absolutely not. <laughs> but is it fun and creative and different than... Like, weirdly, even though gameplay-wise it's kind of a clone, design-wise it's different enough from a lot of other stuff that was out at the time, because this is kind of before the indie golden age we were in now. I enjoy it. I'll stand up for it. Yeah, I'm enjoying it too. Uh, My nitpicks, I I mentioned on the last podcast that I felt like it had a pretty steep difficulty jump. That's probably more due to me not really getting the hang of the combat or the controls yet. Also, we would take a day or two between playing sessions, so every time I came back, it was like, okay, I have to refigure out all the combos, all the buttons. Uh, If I had to nitpick anything else in the game, I would say that, uh, for one, the music is good. It's at an 11 every time you're in combat, and you're constantly in combat, so, I mean, that's nice, but they put in a whole lot of, like, screeching sound effects, which you do a lot with horror-themed, you know, scenarios, and I understand that, but it's, like, constantly happening, and there were a few times we were playing, and I was like, I just... I need to turn this down because it's giving me a headache. I can play the game fine. It's just the the music with all the, the screeching, like I just need that off. And then other than that, you pick up relics that give you various buffs. And uh, I feel like they're kind of paced weirdly throughout the game. Like we're getting near the end and we just got a relic that makes it so that enemies can't avoid our light attacks. And I feel like that should have come a little earlier. Mm-hmm. It probably ties into there being that two player mode after you beat it. It's like, okay, you, you've, you finished the game, you should come back and play it again. By the way, you've got these relics that really would have been useful earlier on. Now you can come back and play it again and actually enjoy those. But yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. Top three Dante's Inferno games. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I think yeah. we're in circle seven now. And and my, my biggest disappointment I remember on my first playthrough years ago was that the last, maybe the last two circles or just the last circle, whereas the other circles are so well fleshed out with the poem, the last one is just like, okay, here's a um, kind of like the Coliseum levels of Kingdom Hearts where it's just kind of wave battles 
without like, really mm-hmm. any story or design. So Ford mode or something. I'm hoping that I just remembered that overly harshly. We'll see. I look forward to the game of the year list, but instead of game of the year, it's just circles of hell ranked <laughs> in order. <laughs> Which one's your favorite? Brady, you said top three Dante's Inferno. Are there other games based on? I have no idea. Okay. I, I, know, that I was just like you were leading into making... that. <laughs> There's a long list. It is uh, one, two, and three. They're all flash-based. I mean, certainly like <laughs> hell is a thing that's in a lot of games. Well, sure. Yeah. But it, it like Doom is uh, Dante's Inferno. Yeah. The, the Inferno is such a specific depiction of hell. Like in the poem, he's not just talking about famous people in history that he's assigning to hell based on, you know, religious values. He's also just picking out other people in Florentine society at the time that he didn't like (laughs) and is saying like, and I saw this person like getting their butt eaten and sitting in muck in hell and I don't like them. And now everybody knows that because they read this poem I published. So (laughs) that's an interesting thing. a jerk. I think uh, epic poem feuds are way better than Twitter feuds. Oh, totally, yeah. (laughs) Hast thou seen what Dante has said (laughs) in this epic? Nanners, how about you? What have you been up to? I've only been playing, like, super recent games. Mm -hmm. So GTA V... Um, that super is super recent. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that that hot new release. And then also uh, Borderlands 2. Well... To be fair, there's a reason to play Borderlands 2. I mean, there's a reason to play GTA 5 too, but... There is yeah. new content for both. <laughs> yeah, Oh, <technically>. really? <laughs> well, for us, anyways, not like new. Oh, new. okay. The Doomsday Heist? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, we never did those. GTA? Right. I did not do those. Uh, and But Borderlands 2 had its DLC that's leading into Borderlands 3. Yeah, so they had like a, a free update that was maybe like five hours of content. And it's kind of it. It sort of does like what the pre sequel does, where it tries to set up the next game. Mm-hmm. Um, this they released before the game came out, rather than after this time. So that's kind of nice. But it it foreshadows some things generally. Um, but kind of the whole arc of the game is about a villain that surprise you defeat during the span of the game. So like they're not in three, obviously. Right. So it's more like DLC that kind of leads up to it rather than like a full like intro setting the stage type of thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's still part of Borderlands 2. So yeah. it's like the closing arc of that, I guess. Yep. Yeah. I think I installed Borderlands 2 when I saw that free DLC happened and I was going to fire it up. But I you played the rest of it already? I think I played through most of it. There might be some DLC that I didn't get through, but I know for sure I played through the main game, Borderlands 2. We should go back and play some of that DLC because the Tiny Tina stuff was actually pretty good. That one, um, oh, Tiny Tina in the new DLC or Tiny Tina's DLC for Tiny Borderlands Tina's 2? DLC specifically. Okay, that one I think I played through oh, okay. for sure. Yeah, that's like the D&D themed one. Yes, I think you and Kay made me play that one. <laughs> okay, fair enough. That one's pretty good. Yeah. There is also an announcement that the VR version of Borderlands 2 is going to come to PC at some point, most likely. Um, it was rated by the ESRB, so hopefully that's out at some point in the future and it has multiplayer. It's not just standalone like the PSVR one, but... I guess we will see. Was it like a standalone story or just like a single player, but the full game? Uh, on PSVR, it was the entire game. Just uh, you could only play it single. Single yeah. player. Okay. That's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. It, I think a lot of that game 
is better in a group. It it definitely is. So we'll see what this ends up being. Uh, I'm surprised you went back to GTA Five because I just assumed that game was like fucked and full of hackers at this point. I'd... Well, that is still true. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> okay, <laughs> great. We just don't engage with them so they tend to leave us alone except for con man had a fire set inside of him and then until we could find a new server he kept just burning to death everywhere it was almost like a mini explosion constantly happening inside his body yeah <laughs> so, his, so his he had corpse would ragdoll through the air <laughs> so he had a literal fire inside yeah so he would die and then he would just spawn and it would happen again <laughs> we had to change instances i assume that's a hack and not a bug that sounds like a hack but that sounds like a <laughs> hack that someone would put on you but yeah that game's still fun we've been slowly doing the heists because con man has not played any of them yet mm-hmm. um so we're just going down the list I and mean, i guess eventually we'll try and do all the doomsday like bunker stuff if we can get there yeah don't you have to like be the ceo of a corporation or some sort of like craziness to actually engage in some of that end content yeah apparently yeah (laughs) so we got to figure out how all that works but i think brady you bought one of the bunkers now right yeah i bought the right property for it which is like this giant (laughs) underground bunker beneath like a wind farm (laughs) it's super cool uh especially like the bottle fuchsia logo on top of this like secret underground lair like it just looks (laughs) neat (laughs) But I think I still have to become a CEO or some such nonsense to, you know, kick off the doomsday thing. Yeah, that uh, maybe I'll install that, but it will also probably fill up my hard drives. Yeah, it is large. I believe it, especially several years in. I'm sure the online is huge at this point. Uh, Aaron, how about you? What have you been up to? I, uh, in addition to uh, Dante and Destiny been making some marios have you you guys been making any marios i have been making some marios too oh very good (laughs) good transition yeah uh, so super mario maker 2 is out i didn't spend a lot of time with the first one which I, i kind of regret it was fun it seemed to be tailored pretty specifically to the Wii U because you had, you know, the gamepad with the touchscreen and that was really convenient for building the levels. You had the stylus and whatnot. I ended up getting a stylus to use with my Switch and I, I like it. I like it that way. Uh, it, it's making building things kind of a little less annoying. I mean, not that it's annoying at all. I, I, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I'm enjoying making stages, putting a little more effort into it than I did on the first game. I've decided that I want to make levels that people can actually play because I know the the popular thing is to make levels that, you know, get you internet funny points as, you know, having made something that tortures everyone who tries it. I'm like, no, how about I'll just make kind of normal levels that might have been in a Mario game? Yeah, I don't don't know that that's the popular thing to do. I think it's the thing that a lot of people end up it's the stuff you end up seeing from like streamers and right. stuff like that. It's what but, gets the attention. Right. But you go through like popular stages in that game and like load them up and there are no super torture stages mm. in there at all. Is that based on like how many people give it a, a heart or a thumbs up? I think it's a heart, a like. A like, yes. Yeah. A gay or a boo. Like, I guess. Yeah. And I guess probably they also factor in how many people complete it. Uh, that would be probably because if not I a lot so. of people complete it but everybody who did liked it it still might be like well that that might be difficult yeah i don't know the equation or like how that is working but i did think about that and thought 
about how completion percentage pretty much is a meaningless number mm. because if you're encountering it in endless mario endless mario you have a set number of lives and you play what is it, easy normal hard or very hard mm -hmm. you have so many lives and then you just get a random level and that's i think based around completion percentage but like you think about people are more likely to just skip stages in that mode where if they try it once or twice and they die and they're just like all right i only have so many lives to blow here i'm just done with this one mm -hmm. i feel like that wrecks completion percentage even if your stage isn't that difficult right but like somebody if just there's fails a, on it early yeah but if there's like a tiny bit of a challenge to it, it seems like people will just bail yeah. and move on to the next one. Versus when you pull up something like the popular list, you see completion percentages of like 75% because I'm like it's in that list. So a ton of people are playing it and you also don't have a set number of lives. So people are going to spend more time trying to get through that level mm -hmm. because it, you know, it's meaningless if they die over and over again. So I, I, just got to thinking about all of that earlier today and was like this is kind of weird and i don't know how this really balances out or how things rise to the top like yeah hmm. yeah I'm, I'm not sure either i'm trying to find that right balance of uh something that is a challenge that when and i was talking to another friend who he likes a challenge in a Mario level, but he is not going to go like out of his way to like play a level over and over and learn it, like that type of thing. Okay, yeah. And I think the closest I got to an explanation that I, I told him, I think I understand what you mean in that you want a level that when you fuck up, you know you fucked up. Mm -hmm. It's not, I hate this stage. Like this is just making me angry because the stage is not fun to play. And it's hard, I think, as a maker to find that line because you know how to solve said problem. So is it going to be too hard for other people to see right away that they're going to go in and just be like, oh, fuck this. Like, <laughs> I don't I don't see how to solve this room. I'm just done with this. Right. Yeah. Versus like, I mean, there there's a path here. And, you know, that line seems to be hard to tread. But. I do agree that your stages are very similar to like actual Mario stages. I played one earlier today yeah. and it was fun. Thank you. Thank you. The last one that I made, not the most recent one, but the one before that, that one had a uh, kind of a little puzzle in it that I, I liked, but that involved trying to trigger a thwomp to hit uh, one of the seesaw teeter-totter platforms to mm -hmm. boost a bomb up into a an area where it could destroy blocks after it blew up and that would drop a uh, springboard for you to take take back and take to another area the one the most recent one that i made uh if that was the one that you played today i just straight up tried to make something directly out of super mario brothers one i was like all right i'm, yep. I'm gonna try to make a level just like that i even put in two uh subsections uh that you get to by pipes that are just like you drop down to a underground area pick up some coins and go out the other side just like in the first game yep i very much tried to play that level can i just hold <laughs> right and make it through without letting up and i got pretty far into it nice. i think i made it to the halfway point and then fell off and was a little more cautious and then finished the level yeah there's a, a lot of moving platforms and uh koopa paratroopers between them but yeah um you you made a couple of good levels too uh you like doing the uh the puzzles for the keys yeah i had 
I have fun with like challenge rooms and find the coins or the keys, like that type of thing. Yeah. That one you did where it was, I think it's just called four keys. <laughs> yeah. And I, I went into like the first door and I died in there about 12 times because I'm <laughs> trying to get the hang of everything. And I'm just thinking to myself, man, I, there are three more keys to get on top of this. But stuck with it. It, yeah. was, it was good. It was, it was good. I just had to, you have to figure out the puzzle, the, the, the trick to it. There's always, I mean, it's obviously beatable because you can't upload a, a level without beating it yourself first. Yeah, that was the uh, first level that I uploaded and took feedback from some other friends on who were basically like, fuck all of this noise. <laughs> And I was like, okay, well, uh, I will make version 1-1 one, one then. <laughs> and editors uh, said no. So does that mean it... you can have people test a level before it's published? Or do you have to publish it and then edit it? Yeah. So let me tell you the Nintendo way <laughs> that you have to do this. Oh, boy. Uh, so if you take a level and you do a new save as, it considers it uploaded and you cannot upload it again. I think that this was their method of saying that you can't just download someone's thing, change something, and re-upload it. Mm -hmm. So that tag is stuck oh. on that level. So you have to go into your specific maker area, delete it from the server, which pulls that tag off of the level on your system as well, and then you can re-upload the entire thing, oh. which took me about a half an hour to figure out oh. because it's the most Nintendo-ass, not-explained thing. Yeah, I managed to... I realized as I was uploading it for the first time when the timer was ticking down on me and I knew exactly what I was doing, I was like, okay, no one's no one's going to want to play through this. Yeah, I definitely ran out of time on one of my playthroughs and that's after you updated it. <laughs> yeah, I changed it from 300 to 500 seconds. Yeah. So you had more time. I added an extra mushroom so there was some room for error in some of those rooms. Yeah. Uh, and I added something oh the cannon that gives you infinite feathers in one of the rooms yeah, i can't imagine so, that room without that <laughs> i i i got through it and i guess i never thought like i was like oh, i'll just put this saw here and if you don't make it kill yourself and do it again right. i was and then realized later that's kind of a dick move <laughs> you, sh you should be able to fuck up this room and then you know have another chance at it without redoing everything right yeah you're far too nice <laughs> Especially when one of the the like uh, I had spikes where you get a star and you like run and jump through it. Oh yeah. To which I thought I was being kind. Did you figure out that the coins are where you should hit yes, jump? Yes, I did figure that. Okay. Out. Okay. Good. But the, the first time through, though, people... I got stuck on like early spikes, and you you just barely have enough time to get to yeah, the end. So yeah. if you get stuck at all, that's I shortened that path a bunch so that you could like mess up once, maybe twice, and still get through. Mm -hmm. And then added the coins as a okay, and that was mostly because I kept messing up, and I was like, I'm gonna put these here so I remember <laughs> when to jump. Uh, and I'm trying to get better with stuff like that, just like little coins and like little in-level hints yeah. on how to navigate through something. Yeah. I'm not huge on the big signs pointing like where to go. Mm -hmm. uh, I think those are helpful in certain situations. Uh, more in a like speed run like level where you want people to just go, go, go. So they need a big sign to like, okay, go here, then go here, mm -hmm. then go here quick. 
yeah, I'm I'm having fun making stuff in that game. I made slightly easier uh, 3D World level. Oh yeah, that I was just messing around with some of the 3D World parts, and it's neat that there's a almost completely separate tool set for the 3D World levels, mm-hmm. and that one is fun to make too. I pretty much avoided new Super Mario Brothers levels uh, and making anything for that. I was usually doing the other three previously, but 3D World has some fun stuff in it. I had fun with that level as well. I haven't messed around with that yet. I'd stuck mostly to uh, Mario 1 and 3 and mm-hmm. Super Mario World, I guess, because I'm I'm old. I'm ancient. <laughs> those, those, yeah. are, those are my games. <laughs> right. Those are the three that I like as well. Yeah. And... But I, I have played a few of the uh, 3D World levels. I thought it was kind of odd that, you know, they're saying here's the 3D World assets and it's 2D side-scrolling, so the whole 3D aspect of it is non-existent. I can only assume it would have been a nightmare to try and build that into it. Oh yeah, it, no, that's a completely different game altogether. Right. But I think what that boils down to, though, is like your main neat power-up is the cat suit, so you can run up walls, and that's what you can build puzzles around. Yeah, uh, climbing on some of the cage stuff, which I still wish you could do that in Super Mario World. Yeah, me uh, too, and with can't. the um, flip-around doors that were in the original game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are yep. a few things from from the original games that are missing and I, it's because you know they, they need to make these things work across multiple art assets and yeah, so they they right. dropped a few of the uh like the minor yeah, things they, but they brought in a lot of the it, not a lot of the special bits but like some of the special bits i guess i should say from each of those games yeah. and then had to figure out how to make them fit into the other ones so yeah there, i mean there's still room to add more things mm-hmm. and the angry sun is there, yeah, and so. it can be an angry moon, too. Well, well it's, it's a, a happy, happy moon, moon. That's right. Right. It, but it also completely changes the levels, which is also really neat. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's There's so much potential. It's it's a lot of fun. And I'm glad that unlike the first game, it's not coming out at the end of the Switch's life cycle. <laughs> it's not like it's only going to have a year and that's it. And like, we're going to get I, a lot of content out of this. I mean, Mario Maker 1 was you just sit there with the handheld for the Wii U and would basically say, I wish I could just take this stupid handheld anywhere and play this thing. Right. And that's that's what this is now. Yeah. It's like I can take this handheld anywhere. Back to the, uh, the idea of making these uh, levels more accessible. I watched a video. I forget the channel that it was on. I want to say it was Game Maker's Toolkit. They talked about it. They, they did a, a video on like how to make a mario maker level and they went over some basics and one of the things they mentioned in there was you you design your level play back through it and what you need to do is like you need to take on the mindset of like anybody else who's going to play this uh you need to play through it without even running because you know some underexperienced players don't run they just you know walk and jump <sighs> see if your level is beatable that way so never yeah, the first level that I made, um, there was a lot of jumping between single block platforms, which I thought was fun, and I thought that's challenging for a platformer. And uh, yeah, if you're not very good at platformers, it's it's impossible. If you're not holding the front button to jump a little further, you, you can't do it at all. So I thought that was interesting, like if you were trying to make something really accessible, the, the kinds of things you have to consider. I think that's why uh, a lot of my levels now I end up trying to do multiple paths. Mm-hmm. So there'll be like uh, kind of a high, high up platforms. And if you manage to fall off those, uh, there'll be some low level platforms or some pipes below that you can go through. So I, that's it's a thing I've, I've been trying to do with my levels is like make it so that, OK, if you if you don't make it this one way, there's still another way you can go. 
and get to the end yeah the thing i think i'm figuring out too is sometimes you just need to like walk away until you come up with a good idea and not just make some shit because <laughs> like i need something here and i have no idea so i'm just gonna like add this random because that stuff never ends up no nope. like good yeah and in the end you'll be working on something else and be like oh i should do this whole thing here that would actually be better and then you're just doing that anyway mm -hmm. so it's sometimes better to just walk away or leave an area until you have an idea for it instead of just trying to fill it with stuff right anyway so that's uh game of the year 2019 <laughs> yep. decided, right? <laughs> all right good I'm glad everyone agrees and uh super mario maker has its vengeance and now it wins this year <laughs> did the first one win number one or no? no i don't think it did it was top five at least right i think, I think it was up. like number two or something okay. and everyone was mad that it was that high i wasn't <laughs> <laughs> i was not either i think i was fighting for it yeah i think brady's argument but is it a real game though oh yeah yeah that was your argument yeah. do you still feel the same way well like all right compare it to the first one is it significantly different or just on the switch i mean it's the same at when you look at its core there's more bells and whistles there's more things there's more an entirely new tool set uh there's like multiplayer stuff but at its core it's the same thing yeah they did add kind of a story mode sort of true the first game had what the 100 mario level or whatever it was well even that was pulling random levels this one actually has pre-made nintendo made courses that's true yeah okay and, and they something. are pretty good, actually. Yes, they are very good. We didn't even talk about that. <laughs> it basically takes you through and it's a good thing to play through before making stuff because it gives you a lot of good ideas on how to use some of the tools, especially the newer tools and <laughs> like how they actually function. So yeah, I, I guess it that section does make it a little different than the original one because they added a whole single player to it. Yeah, but the, the core concept, it's still the same thing and it's executed very similarly. So uh, I guess we'll uh, finish up here with Brady. What have you been up to? Um, a bunch of newer stuff, I guess. But uh, one specific thing I checked out recently is They Are Billions, mm -hmm. which I think Aaron got me, actually. I was going to say that sounded familiar. <laughs> like back in the days of early access. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember discussions about that. And I think you were talking about that game, too, and saying it was really good, but it was early access. And I was just like, bah, tell me when it's a real game. So <laughs> yeah, tell me about so, it now that it's a real game. Yeah, as of June, I guess, like last month, uh, it's 1.0. And they added a full story mode campaign kind of a thing instead of just endless mode. Uh, it's pretty cool. It's real-time strategy game that you can pause, but it's heavily focused on defense. Like, you have to build walls or you will die. Okay. It's so like you want to expand your territory a little bit, and then you have to push out the wall a little bit, and you kind of have this, like ever-growing like almost like the attack on titan cities where there's like rings oh. so like if you lose the outermost one you still try to defend more and like a single zombie can get in and you know hit up your like tents which are the uh you know colonists uh structure like it mm -hmm. gives you dudes to work and if they get in there like they're super vulnerable and then they create zombies it's like a single zombie can just like snowball um and a lot of them are like you they're have like to rabbits. survive for <laughs> you have to survive for many days so it's more of like a, an attrition protect your stuff kind of a thing so it's an interesting take on rts games i think okay that's cool and then even newer than that is dragon quest builders too oh that oh, was yeah. one of your favorites whatever yeah. year the first one came out right yeah so the second one's you know similar like it's really good and uh, i don't know it's just like a gem of a game just fun to play kind of more structured minecraft 
with uh, like a little Stardew Valley. Mm-hmm. So obviously right up my alley. Nice. What's uh, your favorite thing they added that wasn't in the first game? Um, I guess just the new structure in general. Like before, there are different islands that you kind of had to build up and you would increase your... I don't remember what it was called, like kingdom points or base points, whatever. So like each object you placed gave you like a couple points or something. And it kind of did away with that where um, there's no specific score for every little thing. But, you know, as you level up your city, you attract more villagers. And if they're doing things that make them happy, they like drop hearts. And then you collect those and it's uh, kind of like your overall... I don't remember the name for it, but we'll just call it love points. (laughs) Um, It's just cool. Like you plant farms and then people go and like plant seeds for you and water them for you. And then you harvest them and they're like really happy because they have jobs. (laughs) (laughs) Good. It's good. You're doing that for the community. Right. Are you playing that on the switch or what are you? Yeah. On the switch. Okay. It's one of the few I actually want to like hook up to the TV occasionally. Like it plays well handheld, but like I'm actually playing a lot of it where I just want to sit in front of the TV. Nice. Yeah. I still don't have a lot of Switch games that I do that with. And yeah, Mario exactly. Maker is not one to do that with either. Yeah. That yeah. Is, uh... I, I tried to play that on the TV and I couldn't, like half the controls are different. <laughs> I couldn't figure out some stuff. Uh, I figured out the controls are different if you take the Joy-Cons off too. And I did not like that. Oh no. Anyway. Yeah. Did it come out for other consoles as well? Or you just grabbed it on know. the switch sounds like a good console for it's like where you can just like pick it up and play a little bit and yeah handheld it. it feels very good so i think that's my preferred console for it at this point yeah so i mean basically super mario maker 2 is what i've been doing for the last two weeks I was on vacation last week so during some downtime it was fun to just you know grab the switch work on a level for a little while mm-hmm. and i feel like i tend to go back and forth in cycles of all right i finished a level now i'm going to play some mario for a couple days and then all right now i'm going to make another level again right yeah that's the cycle i've sort of been going through so i am between levels at this point but i'll probably start another one soon uh and i am nearing the end of bloodstained oh yeah which i think Forgot i talked about, about last podcast i still really like that game but I have some problems with that game. Oh. And most of it is the pacing, and the pacing is an issue because a lot of times the path forward is obscure as shit. Like, there is just random stuff that I looked, I just straight up had to look up because I had been running around for so long that I couldn't figure out what I needed to do. Isn't that kind of the hallmark of a Metroidvania? Yes, but... But the way it does, I mean, normally when I think about that, I think about running around the map and or pulling up the map. Where haven't I gone yet? What part of the map isn't complete? All right, I'm going to go back there and see what I can do. Unless like I'm going to dig through every room that I've been in already because now the thing I have might do something in a room that I've already been in. Mm -hmm. Because at that point, you're now just traversing the entire map all over again, including places you've been like... I don't know. That was the you're point gonna, I hit with Hollow Knight. Yeah, you're you're gonna run through places a ton of times. So like, yep. I mean, your point is valid. That's true. But when there are certain parts of that game that just felt really obtuse to me that I couldn't I couldn't figure out for myself and maybe that's on me. And one of them for sure I missed picking up an item that they had mentioned and I know they mentioned it, but it wasn't until I just like went back to the home base randomly 
that they were just like, oh, you have this thing. I was just like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> like, I've been like running around with it for probably about an hour, not realizing I had it. And that's a thing I needed, which led straight into a, okay, now you have the thing. What do I do with it? Which was another, you just had to stumble into the right area and talk to the right person. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh. Um, so after that first problem, I, whenever I got stuck, I just gave up and was like, I'm just, where do I go? Just tell me where I'm, and usually all you need is like a sentence and it's like, okay, like, and from that you can sort of know where you should go or what you should be looking for at least. Um, and I mean, maybe that's on me. Maybe people really like the, I'm going to scour every inch of this to figure it out. And it, but even that goes all the way till the end to sort of jump into the last area. It's like, I hope you noticed that one weird thing a bajillion (laughs) hours ago in a room and you remember to go back there to progress forward. Yeah, I feel like for those kinds of games, there's a definite balance to, you know, just kind of hiding things like that and then like giving the player good hints, kind of alluding to things. Like, yeah, this is where you're going to want to go eventually. It's like usually in those games early on, you'll run through a room and there's a high ledge and it's like, okay, when I get the double jump that I'm inevitably going to get that's where i need to go like that sort of a thing versus just this having to be completely convoluted and and just cryptic yeah what was the there was one a couple years ago that i really liked and i can't think of the name axiom verge axiom verge i knew it i did not feel like i had these kind of problems with that game i'll say that i would have used that as as an example of that problem (laughs) i never finished it because i got too like annoyed (laughs) which i missed running through the invisible wall or something and i just like rage quit (laughs) yeah i wonder if that one i just happened to stumble into the right thing so i didn't run into that and it's like with hollow knight like i was taking screenshots of the map and like taking notes on it so i don't know why like that game clicked more yeah i don't hollow knight i gave up hollow knight i was just like nah nope nope (laughs) yeah that was the same for me skies of arcadia is my game for that even though it's an rpg just like being like okay i'm flying my ship around sky i have no goddamn idea what i'm supposed to do next dreamcast yeah that's going way back Actually, I think I had that on the GameCube. I think it got GameCube. ported to something else. Yeah, it must yeah. have been GameCube. I had it on the GameCube, but it, it was a Dreamcast release. I think my boyfriend had a GameCube. Yeah. I Overall, I think it's still a game worth playing, especially if you like that style of like Metroidvania game. But uh, I there are certain parts, if you feel like you're stuck, I would say just look it up. <laughs> <laughs> you save yourself some time and have. But at the same time, I'm now at the end boss and feel like I'm just getting worked over. So maybe I should have been running around more and leveling. I don't know. Or I just need to learn the patterns. So there are a bunch of bonus bosses that after I'm I'm fairly certain I'm at the end of the game. Uh, And that boss worked me over pretty good a few times. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to run around. Maybe I'll try and find some of those bonus bosses and fight them. That'll help me level up or give me some item that will help with uh, moving forward with the boss. No, they're harder than the boss. I like put on the uh, item that lets me see their health. Yeah, they have more. Like, great. That's great. So I'm a little frustrated with how that game is wrapping up. (laughs) But overall, I would say most of my time with it was enjoyable. It's just kind of a shame that it doesn't really stick the landing for me. And maybe I've had a week away, so I could. It might be that Dead Cells thing where I go back in and just beat the boss. And yeah, you're gonna be oh, amazing at it randomly, <laughs> right? Like maybe I have that awesome experience. So, but yeah, that's about it. I'm still, I've still mostly been uh, 
playing that game through the Steam Link on my new OLED. <laughs> so clearly I'm using the OLED. Right. And playing Mario Maker not on that screen. <laughs> on a tiny screen. And, <laughs> and watching an anime from 1995 <laughs> Really Netflix. pushing those graphic yes. capabilities. Yeah. Is it, so, um, is it Evangelion that you're watching? Evangelion. Evangelion. Oh, God. See, see, I never watched it. I don't know. <laughs> yep. No, no, that's, you're, you're allowed that mistake. That's fine. Only because once, I'm though. sure. Only once. This, right. this was only it. once. That's yeah. People call it Ava a lot. Yeah, Ava. Now I see why. I feel like wrong. they mispronounced Nerve in the <laughs> N- Nerve. Is that yeah, like, the new know. dub? Nerve. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The new dub. Uh, they 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 make some choices. <laughs> and uh, Sile Seal. They yeah, say they they say it four different ways <laughs> in the new dub. Oh God, is this like we're? I don't know if you guys ever saw the Last Airbender, but you know, in the cartoon, the main character's name is Ang, yeah. but it has two A's in it. So in the movie, they started calling him Ong. Yeah, that's a pretty big change. <laughs> yeah. And Sokka yeah. becomes Soka. It's a completely God, different people. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's a rough change. Yeah. They got a lot of flack for changing love to like they got called out for you know making it less gay i guess because between yeah. two guy characters apparently the yeah. word in japanese is you know very similar so, so like it, it could, could just go be a translation either way yeah. yeah but it's still pretty gay <laughs> <laughs> yes I... like immediately after they shower together and then <laughs> talk about going home to sleep in the same bed more or less like <laughs> Like, love to like isn't a huge change. I think the word ski can be used to say, I like you or I love you. And it's like, depending on tone and context. Yeah. Right. And I'm sure on the original, you know, translation, they watched the entire episode and went, ah, yes, context for this. <laughs> yeah. But. I mean, it's almost like if, if you were to turn around to your friend and say like, oh my God, I love you. You brought me food versus like yeah. saying, I love you. Let's go shower together. Literally the same. (laughs) (laughs) It's a special kind of love. You brought me food. Let's shower together. Yeah, I mean, I rewatching Ava. I wasn't sure how I was going to feel many years later because it's been a long time. And I mean, that anime has some problems, but none of them are huge problems. It's you can get past them. And I mean, Kaji is a shit bag, but (laughs) Shinji has a lot of sad face. Yeah. It's kind of his thing. The uh, I will say the new dub, like a lot of the voice actors in the new dub do a really good job. I really like the new voice actor for Shinji was shocking at first, but yeah. I think he does a really good job. But then once you hear the screaming, which is basically in every episode, you're like, yeah, this guy can Shinji. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they can. Yes, he nails it. There's a lot of sobbing and screaming in Ava. Have you guys ever seen Saikano? No. That also... How, it's it's about a girl who basically in like an end time war she's like a you know high school girl because it's japan but she becomes like a living weapon for the government partly because she's terrible at everything else in life and she's this like gentle fearful girl that's crying all the time and then she like turns in this robot that shoots people but um <laughs> the difference between this sub and the dub in that is like the sub is like little like <laughs> kind of crying and the dub is like just completely (laughs) unlistenable over the top yeah so yeah if you haven't seen ava it's worth a watch for sure so uh thanks everyone for joining me we've been bottled fuchsia you can find all of our content at bottledfuchsia.com streams at mixer.com slash bottled fuchsia videos and archives of the streams at youtube.com slash bottled fuchsia facebook and twitter at bottled fuchsia and uh we'll uh see you in two weeks see ya see ya see ya see ya